You're listening to Travaux, The Current State. I'm your host, Kayleen Kosla, and today I'll be speaking with Travaux contributor, Paulina Montez. In today's episode, we'll be discussing allegations that the Chinese government is committing genocide and crimes against humanity against Uyghurs and other ethnic and religious minorities, a recent UK opinion which urges states to act, and how some states have responded. As more non-governmental entities call on states to recognize the Chinese government's violations against Uyghurs and other minorities, it is imperative to recognize the ample evidence of the violations that could significantly influence potential cases against the Chinese government. The reality of China's repression and treatment of Uyghurs has only become increasingly apparent with outward condemnation by governments like the United States and economic measures by the UK. Paulina, can you tell us about the recent UK legal opinion that came out regarding the Uyghur region? On February 8, 2021, the Essex Court Chambers from the UK published a legal opinion called International Criminal Responsibility for Crimes Against Humanity and Genocide Against the Uyghur Population in the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. The opinion was commissioned by several international organizations, including the Global Legal Action Network, the World Uyghur Congress, and the Uyghur Human Rights Project. In its opinion, the court concluded that there is a very credible case that the Chinese government may be committing crimes against humanity and genocide against the Uyghur people and other minorities in the XUAR. The court relied on the International Criminal Court Rome Statute, which defines crimes against humanity as, quote, acts committed as part of widespread or systematic attack directed against any civil population with knowledge of the attack, unquote, and genocide as, quote, acts committed with intent to destroy in whole or in part a national, ethnical, racial, or religious group, unquote. The opinion relied on survivors' firsthand accounts, investigative journalism, academic scholarship, research by non-governmental organizations, satellite images, and leaked government papers to support their findings. In addition to outlining individual criminal responsibility for the crimes, the opinion urged for national governments to initiate action to prevent the ongoing atrocities. The court suggested that states officially recognize the atrocities and identify that there is evidence of crimes against humanity and genocide, consider whether they have criminal jurisdiction over individual suspects, and advise states to make, quote, diplomatic efforts to demand a full and transparent investigation into the facts on the ground, trial and punishment, and cessation of further atrocities against the Uyghur population, unquote. Now, Paulina, will you give us a brief background on who the Uyghur population is and walk us through the kinds of treatment they're facing? What kinds of evidence did the UK opinion and might other adjudicatory bodies rely on to find crimes of genocide and crimes against humanity. Uyghurs are a population living in Central Asia who differ from the majority of the Han Chinese population in ethnicity, religion, and language. They live in areas which China refers to as Xinjiang or the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. Some Uyghurs have demanded greater autonomy or even a separate state which, according to International Human Rights Watch, the central Chinese government has viewed as a, quote, ethno-nationalist threat, unquote. 
The Chinese government's attacks on Uyghurs have a long history, but they have only escalated with campaigns to surveil the population and control their movement and communication. One example is China's strike-hard campaign against violent terrorism policy, which launched in 2014 and has been used to put Uyghurs in pretrial detention centers, prisons, and political education camps. It is important to note that although Uyghurs have been predominantly targeted, the government has also targeted Kazakhs and other Turkic and predominantly Muslim ethnic minorities in China. International NGO Human Rights Now reported in May of last year that an estimated 1 to 3 million people have been held in the facilities since 2017. Uyghurs are frequently detained on the basis that they have committed minor crimes which the government believes may lead to more serious risks. China's de-extremification regulations target groups to surveil and subsequently detain them. The Chinese government uses artificial intelligence systems to target individuals they believe are prone to terrorism and warrant detention. In addition to having cameras with AI-powered facial recognition throughout the XUAR, there are also pilot programs that utilize AI to give people a social credit score for behavior the government deems good or bad. Once detained, detainees are not formally charged, allowed access to legal remedies, nor allowed communication to someone outside the facility. Additionally, detainees are held for unspecified amounts of time. Alleged acts of genocide include causing serious bodily or mental harm to Uyghurs in detention. According to Human Rights Watch, detained Uyghurs have been forced to engage in what the government calls, quote, transformation through education, which attempts to erase Uyghur culture, unquote. President Xi has justified the measures by reiterating the need to eradicate, quote, viruses of the mind, unquote. Once detained, detainees are prohibited from speaking any language other than Mandarin Chinese, from practicing their preferred religion, and are indoctrinated into the Communist Party of China ideology. Alleged crimes against humanity include torture, rape, and forced sterilization. There have been numerous allegations of physical harm, gender-specific and sexual harm, mental harm, and deaths in the detention centers. Detainees have been subjected to multiple forms of physical abuse, including electrocutions and forced assumption of painful positions for long periods of time. There are numerous reports of sexual abuse as women have reported being forced to undergo abortions, being sterilized against their will, and being subjected to sexual humiliation. Finally, another crime against humanity that has been alleged in the opinion is enslavement. Detainees and recently released inmates from the detention centers are also used as forced labor. The government claims that some detainees have been released or have found employment but they have actually been sent to factories in the XUAR. The U.S. Department of Labor has found that goods developed in the factories include gloves, hair products, textiles, and tomato products. They have also estimated that 100,000 former detainees could still be working as forced labor. China continues to dismiss reports of mass detention and allegations of abuse within the detention centers, such as forced sterilizations, as lies, and absurd allegations. Despite significant evidence supporting the allegations, only one state has formally accused the Chinese government of these crimes. What does this opinion mean for the near future of the Uyghur and other ethnic and religious minorities 
And how have other states responded? Although Rahima Mahmood, the UK director of the World Uyghur Congress, says this opinion is a, quote, landmark moment, unquote, for Uyghurs, it is unclear whether the UK government will officially accuse the Chinese government of genocide and crimes against humanity. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson stated prior to the opinion's release that although the alleged treatment of Uyghurs is, quote, utterly abhorrent, unquote, the issue remains a judicial matter which should be decided by, quote, competent courts and judges in consideration of all available evidence, unquote. The opinion paves the way for British judges to utilize it in the future as evidence of the allegations. The Global Legal Action Network says that if a court reaches the same conclusion as the opinion, high-ranking Chinese officials may be subject to criminal prosecution and sanctions. However, it may take years, if ever, for actual accountability as the Chinese government is unlikely to conduct an actual investigation or to cease its violations. Additionally, China is not a member of the Rome Statute, preventing it from being investigated in the International Criminal Court. In the short term, the opinion serves as evidence for states to formally acknowledge the Chinese government's actions. Additionally, it serves as evidence for business enterprises to cease contributing to the violations. Some states have acted outside of the judicial system in response to the allegations. In early January 2021, the UK Foreign Secretary announced new measures to ensure UK businesses do not profit from or contribute to the violations. The measures include a review of which goods can be exported to the XUAR. They also include guidance for all UK public bodies to prevent contracting with suppliers who have connections to the detention centres. Further escalating the conflict between China's continued internment of minorities and the calls for them to stop, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security issued a withhold release order in mid-January for Customs and Border Protection to detain cotton products and tomato products which were produced in China's XUAR. Countries such as Australia, Canada, and Germany have called upon China to end its detention of ethnic and religious minorities, but the U.S. is the first state to officially accuse the Chinese government of genocide. The New York Times reported that Antony Blinken, the new U.S. Secretary of State, stated, quote, When we are working with, not denigrating, our allies, that's a source of strength for us in dealing with China, unquote. In a call with President Xi Jinping of China on February 10th, Biden shared his concerns about the violations in the XUAR, to which Xi Jinping responded that they are internal matters and the U.S. should, quote, respect China's core interests and act cautiously, unquote. Although the U.S. has formally recognized the violations and other states have condemned them, it remains to be seen if states will fall in line with the opinion suggestions and further demand an investigation into the allegations or consider criminal prosecution. our listeners, thank you for listening. Travaux is brought to you by Veronica Bognat and the members of the online team at the Berkeley Journal of International Law. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please write to us at berkeley.travaux at gmail.com. While we're committed to bringing you international and comparative law news and insight, our podcast is intended for academic and entertainment purposes only. The information presented is not legal advice and may not be current.